Warning. This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. I say, I am Emperor. You're listening to the Emperor and the Emperor's Court. It's a celebration of mediocrity. All this energy calling me back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids are going Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks. Jumping Jean Jean is moving James Dean. From the shores of Lake Erie to the banks of the Cuyahoga, live from the war room here in Cleveland, Ohio, USA, or at least live for me, recorded for you. This is the Emperor's Court here on AlphaGeekRadio.com. I am your host, the Emperor, joined in studio by no one, as this is a preemptive recorded show for April the 9th, our normal Sunday slot. Uh, my apologies for the recorded show, not live. However, I have family obligations that I must attend to. And for some reason, my family likes to do things on Sundays. So, uh, actually, at the moment, uh, Lulu and uh, uh, Miss Twim are preparing stuff for said family obligations. So, I'm recording this in advance. So, there you go. Uh, my apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I was not able to do the show last week. And actually, it's a, a fairly simple reason why I worked all day. It was supposed to be a six hour shift. I was filling in and it ended up being an eight hour shift, believe it or not, because I had to wait around for the Rawlings Baseball Glove representative to drop off all my lovely, lovely pro mitts for me to take a look at. The problem is he decided to do it 45 minutes after the story closed on top of the fact that the place was trashed. So, as it happens, I didn't get home till much later than expected. Actually, I got home about five minutes to seven. No show prep had been done. The uh, setup for... Hello, Minerva. She's sitting on my shoulder. Um, the computer wasn't set up. None of it was really ready. So, I we just didn't do it. So, there you go. Actually, going forward... Well, lately, time has been a significant factor for me. And that's not going to be changing anytime soon. Uh, that being the case, some adjustments have been made on my end, and not just for the show, but in general. Uh, that being the case, uh, starting at the end of this month, uh, at the end of April, I will no longer be working the sports store, which brings a close to a 13-year run, uh, five years in this last particular uh, section, because I worked there from, what, 1999 till the end of November in 08. And then I worked there from April of 2012 until this April. And the main reason is time. 
you know, I enjoy it. Obviously, the extra money's nice. We've got things to do with it. But I, I, I just don't have time. You know, my main job is taking up much more and more and more. My responsibilities continue to increase, uh, especially with the weather getting better here. Obviously, I'm going to be more preoccupied doing family things, uh, stuff around the house. Obviously, got you know, the yard needs doing. The house needs some work. And there's just less and less and less time. So that extra 20-some hours is now going back into the pool to be used on other things. Now, I know in the past we've discussed moving this show to a different time or day or possibly making it just podcast only. And as time goes on, that becomes a very, very real possibility today being a case in point. The problem is I am one person with a great many responsibilities and only so many hours in a day. Uh, and it's starting to affect things. So that being the case, my apologies in the near future if there are less and less live shows and more and more recorded shows. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, this is going to become more the norm than in the past. So bear with me. You're still going to get your emperor's court. It just may uh, change how and when it comes out. So just be aware, just letting everybody know. Uh, with that said, what have I been up to this past two weeks? Other than working my ass off, I did hit level 60 in, on the Elite new server in War, World of Warcraft Vanilla uh, this weekend. Actually, I believe it was sometime Saturday afternoon because I had about 40 minutes to kill. So I hopped on, completed one quest, got to 60, and logged off. Yay! I beat the game. Time to retire. Actually, that's exactly what Lulu says. Like, all right, so you beat the game. Now what are you going to do? said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I didn't beat the game. The game's just starting. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You've been playing it for two months. said, you have to understand, most of the best content, the material in the game, isn't even available until you hit level 60. said, this, this is just to get me to play the game. She's like, oh, that was a revelation for Because, again... While Lulu has been a gamer and she has gamed all her life, she's never played anything like this. So the idea that she spent two months just to get a character leveled up to the point where you can actually go out and do something with it and then now start to experience all the endgame content is something different or something new. And it's a novel approach. It keeps people busy. And I've had to explain certain mechanics of the game to her because things she didn't understand, which is, you know, why do the graveyards, why are they so, you know, crappily laid out? Why is it that there's so many fetch quests? And why do I have to, you know, get this, take it all the way to, you know, another zone, then come back? And I said, well, you have to understand, in the original iteration of this game, the idea was to keep the player occupied for as long as possible so they continue to pay each month as long as possible. And that really is what happened. I said, you have to understand, you know, Blizzard only has so much time, so much material. And I don't think even in their wildest dreams, they expected people to blow through the content to the degree they did. I, I'm trying to remember, and I think the record, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, you can always shoot me off an email uh, to uh, bring me up to speed on this. But I thought somebody hit level 60 within like the first week of release, somewhere on one of the original servers, which obviously was never their intent the idea was that it would take you weeks and months to finally get there before you started doing Stratholme and Skolomance and Upper and Lower Black Rock Spire. And, you know, before you discovered the quest giver about a Molten Core attunement and getting your Anixia attunement, shit like that. 
and there's also Battlegrounds, and now that PvPing is out there. Although, from my understanding, and I'm, I, I, I take that back. I don't know if understanding is necessarily the correct word. There's some kind of shit going on in the Elysium server where people, for whatever reason, um, there seems to be some kind of a, a what's the correct word? Account traders or T-R-A-D-E-R-S, trading, you know, or something along those lines. Sorry, as I have to keep adjusting my microphone. By the way, these these boom stands, these boom arms, while great, they suck. And that's what I get for going cheap, but trying to uh, uh, stretch out the money that we get from our Patreon account. I got to get n- newer ones. These $20 ones just suck. They don't hold up. They don't retain their uh, shape. Retain their shape. They don't retain their uh, uh, position. They fall apart very easily. It is very fucking annoying. And I hate to keep adjusting my damn microphone because of it. And every time I do, it goes limp. It falls. I've had to uh, redo. Uh, I've had to reclamp it to the... Well, pretty much every time I use it, I have to reclamp it to the uh, my desk, which is stupid. At this point, I might as well just drill it which I really don't want to do. It's a nice desk, and I don't want to put any holes in it if I don't have to. Actually, I wonder if I could actually mount it to the ceiling if I could find a big enough one. At any rate, so that's kind of what's been going on. Anyway, so the server has some kind of issue where people are trading accounts or people who are who make the accounts or sell accounts, like these Chinese gold sellers and, and, and you know account traders level up or leveler account services. Apparently, there's uh, not enough PvPing going on, enough uh, player versus player content or battles going on in the battlegrounds that a lot of the uh, ranks, the honor rankings, are wide open. So, of course, there are some people just kind of just racing right through it and just getting higher and higher rank. But it's basically just pre-mates. So you've got, you know, you know a couple of lieutenant, or in our case, warlords and high warlords, but all the you know lower to mid tier rankings are pretty much open. No one's bothering to play it. Now there's plenty going on outside in the world. You know there was a uh, and I've got a video of it. Somebody put it on YouTube, and I will probably put it on Facebook the next time I remember. But it's on there that shows when the Dire Mall uh, patch went in, which I think is 1.3. It went in a couple weekends ago, and it showed um, the uh, when Azergos, one of the world bosses, went in. And it, it's basically everybody in the alliance, everybody in the horde showed up to where this thing's supposed to spawn. And you had, you know, a, several hundred against several hundred and one just one giant running melee between horde and alliance. Just absolutely wild. It was a lot of fun to watch. I was not there. I was, again, busy and preoccupied on that particular Saturday. I was not able to partake in it. But that's all right, because I got to experience the original, the retail version, way back in the day. I don't remember as much of it as I probably should, but I remember being there with my mage, and a bunch of us from our clan were there, and that kind of thing. So, hooray! So I've hit level 60 on my hunter. I should probably, I'll probably start working on my mage at some point. You know, it, again, time being what it is, it's not really a factor. Is that really a priority, I should say? Well, that's one of the things that that kind of gets swept under the rug is the you know lack of time when it comes to playing new games or playing any games for that matter. And it's you know it's a shame, but that's the reality. I mean, 
responsibilities come with adulthood, as I'm sure all of you can go ahead and sympathize with. Actually, a buddy of mine, case in point, was going to be getting uh, tickets for the Cleveland Indians home opener this Tuesday. I was going to go, but I can't now. My daughter has an orthodontist appointment at 445. The game starts at 4. Mystikman doesn't get off work till 5. So there you go. I'm stuck. Even if I'd had tickets, which I think he actually is going to get, I can't go anyways. No, I'm not complaining. This is the reality of the world. And it kind of goes into the way this show is going to go in the future. It's the same thing where, unfortunately, some things just kind of get in the way. And it's always time. You know, that's the nice thing about Warcraft is I can, you know, log in, knock out a quest and be done with it. I really haven't played much of anything else. I haven't had a chance. Although um, I have been getting steady emails and I have watched a, a few uh, uh, streams on Twitch of the upcoming Dawn of War 3, which is getting ready to, I think the beta starts on the 12th, on Wednesday of this coming week. And I think it's a multiplayer beta only for Dawn of War 3. And that's the Warhammer 40K. It's a, the sequel to the very popular series from back in the early and mid-2000s. They finally gotten back around to it to go ahead and pump out another one. It looks pretty sweet. It, it really does. The, the graphics look pretty nice. Trying to follow along with what's going on, though, has been difficult. There's a lot of shit going on, and I think a lot of it's just going to take experience to play it for a while before you get to that point where you understand, all right, obviously this is happening and that's, you know, that's what these units are. And it's one of those kind of games. And I think that's where a lot of people, as I segue to something else, um, some of the complaints I've heard lately from Heroes of the Dorm, which is the uh, March Madness tour that uh, Blizzard has been doing the last few years for Heroes of the Storm. And one of the complaints that I've heard from people watching on Facebook Live, other than, Hey, the coverage on this blows. The buffering is horrible. The video is the video quality is terrible. Is that they just don't know what's going on. And even listening to the uh, announcers, if you're not familiar with the game or not overly familiar with it, even casually, you may not understand what the hell's going on. And that's kind of what Dawn of the War Three is. If you don't know what's going on, it looks to you like a bunch of robots who are fighting a bunch of aliens, even though that's not necessarily the case. Those aren't robots, those are people, just in suits of armor, etc. There's a lot going on, very little explanation. And I mean, honestly, I, I get it. The reason why people are streaming this and the reason why Relic wants them to is they want people to see the game. However, I think it goes a long way to try and ensnare your audience if you're explaining what it is they're seeing and how the game works. Instead of just kind of watching around trying to grasp you know, through intuition exactly what it is you're seeing. Whether or not that actually takes place, I, I, you know, I even I, like I said, even I was confused to what's going on. And I've played both, you know, Dawn of War one and two, have some of the expansions. I'm a big Warhammer 40K guy. You know, I, I guess we'll find out. I'm hoping to get a beta key. If I am, if I do, if I'm able to get a hold of a beta key or someone's able to get me a hold of one, uh, expect to start seeing me streaming that a lot. Because I am a Warcraft 3, I'm sorry, a, a, a Warhammer 40k guy. So yes, expect to see that. Uh, well, sucks for uh, Warcraft, but they'll have to go to the wayside until I uh, 
get my Warhammer fix in. <laughs> um, give me one second. I'm trying to pull up this article. Let's see if I can find it. Damn it, I forgot that with this ad blocker I've got. Although I, I found a couple of these articles and I send them to myself because I'm not necessarily on, you know, the Omnisia when I'm looking for articles or when something comes my way. So I'm clicking an article that um, uh, somebody actually sent me uh, regarding a couple of things. And when I click it to open it up, I forget I was looking at it on my phone, which doesn't have ad blocker. The Omnisia has ad blocker. So when I pull it up, nah, now I can't read it. So I got to whitelist these uh, these places or use another browser, which is what I'm doing. Sorry, I'm not going to remove my ad blocker. So I understand that's how you get your revenue. Okay, I wouldn't have a problem with it if you weren't downloading shit to my system. And don't tell me it doesn't happen. And don't tell me you don't. We don't download anything in your. Yeah, you do. You do it deliberately. You download all kinds of shit to my system because you want to keep a track of what it is I'm looking at. You want to record it for marketing purposes. It's none of your business. I'll read your article and that's fine. If you want to, you know, use some of that traffic for what have you, if you want to put an ad off to the side, like an AdSense, by all means, go ahead. I'm not going to click it. But yeah, you try these pop-up ads, yeah, I'm going to block it. And if I can't get the article I want from your site, then I just won't go there. There are plenty of other people covering most of the same material. And if for whatever reason I can't find it somewhere else, chances are I probably don't give a shit anyways. I don't care about your exclusiveness. Oh, exclusive breaking story only at this site. No, I don't care. I don't care. Imp, what do you think of President Trump rolling back on the net neutrality laws? You know what? I've, I've got this earmarked for a Patreon show, but we'll go ahead and tackle it now because I have a couple other things I want to do for my Patreons anyways. Um, there's enough going on now that I've got plenty of material for a show. I don't like it. Um, and it's the same with anything else. I'm not going to agree 100% of the time with whoever my candidate happens to be, okay? You know, I, I may agree with a lot of the, what Trump is doing. That's fine. This is not one of them. I don't like it. I never have. I don't like that they gave the ability to companies to go ahead and throttle my uh, uh, data based on what I'm using it for or where I'm going. You know, I don't like where it's, you know, depending on who pays them what, especially me as a customer, they will somehow give me special access to going to certain websites and throttle me if I go to others. I especially don't like, and I understand it's in the meta, all right? It's not on a micro level, okay? When it comes to saving my browser history and using that and selling that to advertisers and to marketers, marketing firms. Now, if you don't know what this is, and this is my understanding, and I've read it, and there's been some conflicting um, comments. So if this is completely incorrect, shoot me an email. But I'm pretty sure this is the case, is that my service provider, which in this case is Cox Cable. Everybody knows that if you've listened to the show for any period of time, Okay. Cox Cable can take whatever is in my browser history and they can turn around and they can sell it to another marketer. Okay? Now, once they do that 
everything I do, everything I go, everything I search, everything I look at is then now for sale. People can then take what I do, what I look at, and cater to me. Specifically meaning, okay, well, we look at Emp, and he likes to look at, you know, autistic goat porn. So we're going to go ahead and send him ads that will pop up on on certain websites or his Facebook or his emails that say, hey, you like autistic goat porn. You're going to love this. That's the idea behind it. And that's what it is. And that's a problem. It's none of your business. I see the Prince Imperial has woken up from his nap because here he comes. Hello, Prince Imperial. You look like you're half awake. What are you doing down here? You've only been down for like an hour. He's getting over a, a bit of an asthma attack. He had a, a an asthma-triggered event earlier this week, which is another thing that uh, uh, kind of ate up a lot of time. And obviously that's never going to be a... How do you get up there? How do I get up where? You mean all these articles and stuff on the on the page? Oh, there's some videos playing. Well, this no, one's talking about Well, it's not a game, hun. That's just a that's just an advertisement playing. No, that game. Right yeah. next to the middle. Right. That's an ever that that's just a commercial, hun. That's not actually a game. See? It's a video. But this one's about the Xbox Scorpio. This one's about well, it's a picture of Zelda, but I don't think the article's really about that. Well, I'm gonna play that game. You're gonna play that game? Yeah. Not in my lifetime, because we're never going to buy a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, when, when the birthday, when, when, the, when we play Nintendo Switch, it broke poop on it. Last year, when he come to my house and poop on it. Wait a minute. You're saying last year a bird came to our house and pooped on your Nintendo Switch? Yes. This is a story that I think we all need to hear about. Tell us how this happened. All day and it happens all day. There's a bird that's just pooping on our Nintendo Switch every day, all day. Yeah, I thought you said it happened last year, yeah. which is weird because the Nintendo Switch has only been out for like three weeks. You just, you just had to buy one and the poop and the bird. I'll tell you what, here, hang on. Why don't you sit in front of that and you go ahead and talk? All right, talk to that and tell us about this bird pooping Nintendo bandit. All right, go ahead. Talk into that microphone. Last year. Last year. Okay, go, go ahead. Go. Bird. Another bird poop on it again. And a lot of bird poop on it. All right, but why would a bird poop on our Nintendo Switch? When yeah. did we get a Nintendo Switch, by the way? He did a lot and a lot... And I touch it. I have. I touched it. And I just took bird poop. I just had to wash my hands with soap and water. Well, I would hope you need soap and water. All right, start from the beginning. All right, tell us the story. So, there is a bird that pooped on our Nintendo, and that somehow got on your hands. Yeah, you're yawning. You haven't slept yet. You didn't take much of a nap, did you? Don't shake your head. It's radio. They can't see you. Talk into the microphone. Since you've taken over Lulu's chair, use her mic. Hey, talk to your mic. It's right there in front of you. Um, I'm it's right behind not. your head. I'm just going to play something. You're going to go play something? Yeah. What are you going to go play? I'm going to go play 
Okay, we can't hear when you're all the way across the room. You're going to play something quiet? Okay, why don't you get your iPad then? An old used, like, Generation 1 iPad that I, I bought at uh, a GameStop about a year ago. Just for him to mess around with and break, because he likes to grab Mystic Mims or he grabs Lulu's. Okay, well, the problem is he's four and somewhat clumsy, and he's already cracked Lulu's uh, screen once. So I got him just a crappy other old iPad that if he breaks, no great shakes. Hey, you're back. Why don't you go get your iPad? Why don't you sit over there on the couch and play until everybody's awake? Well, I'm not going to turn the TV on because I'm recording. You're not even supposed to be here. That's the reason I do it during your nap time. <laughs> Riveting radio, ladies and gentlemen. I did. I play Nintendo. You want to play Nintendo? You want to play old school? Yeah. Okay. Oh, but you want to play it quietly. The Genesis. Well, you're talking that microphone so we can understand what you're saying. We have to be very quiet to turn on the TV down to play Genesis. What does it mean? So you have to turn oh, it down so we can play Genesis? Down. Yes. Which do you like better, the Nintendo or the Genesis? The big one, Genesis. The Genesis? Yeah. You like Sega better? And Nintendo, too. Oh, which one do you like more? To talk to that microphone. Don't keep walking over here Nintendo by me. Nintendo and old school. You like old school games. Okay, you like the Nintendo and Genesis old school. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, sometimes they'll get up and come downstairs like, Dad, let's play old school. Okay. You're going to turn that on? Okay, well, hang on. All right, folks. AFK for one second. There'll be some dead air. I have to go turn the second Genesis on so that the Prince Imperial can play old school. One second. I suppose, if anything at all, this just illustrates my point about not having time to do anything. All right. As we are running out of said time, uh, let's get to the articles real quick. As the prince is now playing old school games. And I got to say this for the Sega Genesis, which I got for Christmas. There's only about half a dozen games, maybe 10 games out of the 80, that one, I've ever heard of, or two, were worth playing. I was really disappointed with what the lineup they put in that system. Better if they were just to issue a generic blank box and then tell you to go to this website and download up to 80 games of your choice off the entire library. Kind of what we would have done with the Nintendo because what I've chosen, what I would have chosen are much different than what they gave us. Anyway, so there's a few of these uh, from here. One is the Scorpio, um, which was the big reveal this week. Uh, Microsoft Xbox revealing the new Scorpio Xbox One, which is supposed to be this... The next generation of, of, you know, next generation of gaming, and it's supposed to blow away the PlayStation. And reading the specs, that very well may be the case. However, an underpowered system, what have you, wasn't necessarily what got Microsoft in trouble in the first place. 
was the fact that their marketing was horrible, their ideas were horrible, and their game release was kind of meh. From TechCrunch.com, the Xbox One Scorpio is a six-teraflop gaming beast. Microsoft wouldn't wait, couldn't wait, until E3 in June to unveil the Scorpio, so the company shared details with Digital Foundry, and we now know all of the Project Scorpio's tech specs. As expected, it's going to be by far the most powerful gaming console out there. And again, it is a far cry from us PC elite gamers. The console GPU will be able to process 6 trillion floating point operations per second, or 6 teraflops for short. It's 4.5 times more powerful than the Xbox One, and 1.4 times more powerful than a PlayStation 4 Pro. While this sounds impressive, it's about as powerful as an NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1070, and it's less powerful than a 1080, a 1080 Ti, etc., PC gamers will probably laugh at Microsoft's claim that you'll be able to play games at native 4,000 resolution, 4K, at 60 frames per second. Okay, I'm going to stop and say this. Maybe it will. That remains to be seen. Because, as has happened in the past, many of these these, uh, pie-in-the-sky type uh, goals have not exactly panned out and haven't uh, happened exactly as they had intended, um, usually falling way short, kind of what happens with the Nintendo Switch, being that the system is far less powerful than it had been originally intended, or at least originally marketed. Uh, having said that, there are so few actual 4K TVs out there actually in people's homes that I don't know that you're going to see that huge difference anyways. And unless games are now being created in 4K instead of just being upscaled, you're not going to notice that huge of a difference anyways. But I digress. In order to do this, Microsoft has worked with AMD to put 40 customized Radeon compute units in a single chip manufactured by TSMC. These units run at 1.72 megahertz, basically 1172 megahertz, which is going to be challenging for the cooling system. How many fans is this son of a bitch going to have? It's going to have to have a, a bunch. Obviously, it's not water cool, but on the CPU front, the Scorpio will have an 8-core CPU clocked at 2.3 gigahertz. Yeah, that's kind of slow. Uh, the Amicia is running a 3.3 uh, quad-core, 8-cores. In order to take advantage of all those chips, memory bandwidth has been increased to 33 and 26 gigabytes. Yeah. Okay, you hit the menu button. Now what? There you go. Pick a game. We're getting to the point now where he's old enough to say, Dad, I, I can't do this. I'm stuck. And I got to go and help him. I actually had him watch Pixels last night, the, the Adam Sandler video game movie. And it's kind of cool because he knows what most of them are. He knows what Galaga is. He knows what Space Invaders is. He knows what Pac-Man is. He knew the Centipede. He knew Qbert. And, and a lot of these are games that he's only seen in passing or he's only seen me play once in a while at like the arcade. And he's kind of picked up on that. What was more impressive was... Uh, to demonstrate that his memory is so flawless in some things. I sat him down in a chair next to the Amnesia, where I have my speakers, and I had him facing away from the monitor. And uh, uh, Lulu and Magic or Mystic Men were down here, and they were working on some cloth project of theirs. And I started playing various theme songs to various games that are on the Nintendo and the Genesis. And all with the exception of one, which is Star Tropics, uh, the Prince Imperial were able, was able to tell me almost at the start of the song exactly which game it was. 
to the amazement of my wife and tenant, backup wife, maid, whatever Lulu is, friend, aunt, whatever that is. They were impressed by that. Now, you're probably saying, but Epp, you should be spending more time on his letters and numbers at age four. Well, he knows all those. He can write his name. He can spell basic words. He knows his alphabet. He knows numbers up to 30. So we're doing all the important things. I just want to make sure that he's staying focused on the the vital things, which is, you know, game music. <laughs> There'll be 12 gigabytes of RAM with four gigs of RAM allocated to the operating system alone. In order to take advantage of all those chips, memory bandwidth has been increased to 326 gigabytes. Finally, Microsoft has optimized their direct 3D. So the API calls for handled natively by the GPU. Overall, it's a great update for the Xbox One, but not necessarily a gaming revolution. Of course, Project Scorpio is less powerful than an expensive gaming PC. Uh, you know what? In, uh, uh, what's your definition of expensive? Because you can put together a top-tier gaming machine for about twelve hundred bucks, maybe a little less if you know what to, what to screw, you know, uh, uh, scrounge and scrimp and what have you. Maybe for a grand. And I don't know what the Scorpio is going to be yet because they haven't revealed a price yet. Uh, it seems likely a good compromise for those who just want a console in their living room. Digital Foundry couldn't share photos of the final form factor, but is reminiscent of the Xbox One S in many ways. It'll have the same connectivity with no connect port, thank God. It'll have an integrated power brick and a, uh, a 4K Blu-ray player. <laughs> so even on the back end, Sony's still making money off them. It'll have the same audio chip with a couple of new features, such as spatial audio, this could be useful for a virtual reality headset, for instance. They haven't been very secretive about Project Scorpio. The company had mentioned they were working on it back in June of last year, 2016. All Xbox One games should work on the Xbox One S and the Scorpio. They're just going to look better on the Scorpio with a better frame rate, less ta tearing, and better loading times. What are you playing? You playing Ninja Gaiden? Oh, no, it's just, I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a Sega Genesis game with a ninja throwing stars. He's got a wolf trailing him or a dog of some kind. Which is useless, by the way, because the dog doesn't actually do anything. Microsoft will spend more time talking about Scorpio games at E3. Uh, we can expect better-looking versions of Gears of War 5, Halo 6, Forza 7. Um, I'm assuming, and that's where the article ends, but I'm guessing... I'm guessing that they're going to say... Um, they're probably going to put out exactly how much this thing is worth. Because the the sooner they put out an actual uh, price point, will give you a better idea as to how many people are actually going to be excited about this. Uh, there we go. Okay. So there's that. I'm no closer right now to buying an Xbox One than I ever have been because I'm just not. Uh, I, I'm just not. I, I, I console gaming just for me has never has not panned out very well, and very exciting since the the PlayStation Two. I had the PlayStation Three. I have you know three or four dozen games I've played on it. Thereabouts, you know, some of those are actually you know stuff I downloaded from either the Japanese version of the PlayStation Network or you know the American version. I didn't know the Cavaliers were playing the Hawks again. 38-19 in the first at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. 
Well, after how they played in the night, they damn well better turn the ignition on. Like four games to the playoff start. They play like crap. From Digital Trends. Now, this is interesting. Somebody sent me this to want to know my opinion of it. Ignorance really is bliss. Video games are better when they tell us less. I know you're already formulating opinions based on the title, but let's get into this first. Communication is one of the biggest challenges of video game design. How much information do players need before they go uh, where you want them to go? Looking back, the games we think of as retro were often vague in telegraphing what players should do. In the modern era, the pendulum has swung the other way. <laughs> I don't know how much of him is actually coming over the microphone. He's all the way on the other side of the of the basement, which is actually fairly long. The, the basement is actually very long. He's all the way on the other side, and he's just raving like a madman as he's playing whatever this ninja game is on the Genesis. Keep in mind, folks, he's four and a half. Trying to make a jump. Okay, now he's getting self-conscious because he's looking at me. He's trying to make a jump up onto a ledge where there's some bad guys. And he died. You used your fire blast? Did you get him? Okay, now he's shooting stars. He's running through the zone. He's just hacking people left and right. He just ran to a pillar of fire that came out of a, a sewer grate. He's ignoring all the bad guys on the top tier of the stage because there's two tiers on the ground that he can jump up top. And he died again. You jumped to the wall? Wow, okay, so he actually got the dog to do something. The dog attacked somebody and just he bit an enemy ninja in the crotch and the guy died. Unfortunately, he doesn't seem to be able to make it all the way to the end of the stage before he gets killed. These are one of those, these old school games where if you get touched once, you die. And he died. It's your new fire blast? I don't know what he's talking about because he's throwing ninja stars. There is no fire. But, hey, whatever. Back to the article. Uh, <clears throat> In the modern era, the pendulum has swung the other way, and now many developers seem to err on the side of caution, guiding players through even large, open-ended experiences. On a challenge... I told my daughter I would pay her a hundred dollars, hundred bucks, if she could complete the Legend of Zelda and the original Final Fantasy. So she took that challenge, made it about I don't know an hour and a half into Final Fantasy and quit. I made it about two hours into Legend of Zelda and quit for much the same reason. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, some of it's intu intuitive. <laughs> But it doesn't have to be that way. While it is important to make sure gamers can find out what to do and where to go at any given moment, those mechanics increasingly come at the expense of discovery, diluting some of the greatest joys to be found in exploring virtual worlds. Fortunately, in the last few months, we've seen a wave of games experimenting with ways to look past the clutter of the in-game user interface, using everything from photo modes to minimalist maps to put their games' worlds in the spotlight. Less really can be more. If you sift through the mountains of critical praise for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you'll find a common thread among its reviews. The game lets the player discover the mysteries of the world itself. By themselves. Now, I'll take this a step further. The joke for, um, well, not the joke, but one of the opening comments for the uh, Honest Game trailers. If you don't watch it, it's done by 
um, I think it's Smosh TV. And I, it, it's very similar, actually, to the voiceover guy. It's the same guy who does honest movie trailers, honest trailers. They say it's finally, it's nice that they finally released a Zelda game that assumes the player is a gamer and doesn't take three, four, five hours of the tutorial to explain to you exactly what it is you're doing. And that's true. Too often, many of these don't bother to assume that we've played games before, and it's a hand-holding tool. That's the reason I couldn't get into Final Fantasy XIII, because every friggin' time it'd be another hand-holding tutorial. Like, I'm eight hours into the game, and you're still trying to tell me how to play it? It ain't worth it, man. Eight hours, I should be engrossed into the story by that time, long since. When combined with its expensive, distraction-free map and a lack of concrete information about the setting, you're left to discover Hyrule's mysteries for yourself. Not sure what to do? Pick a landmark in the distance and go there. You're sure to find something interesting and worth your time, even if it isn't exactly what you plan to do and where you plan to go originally. Resident Evil 7 takes a similar minimalist approach, though in this case the lack of information is used to frighten rather than inspire. The old adage that the journey is more important than the destination is as true in gaming as it is in the real world. Actually, it should be more than, um, if you think about it. The fun is the journey when it comes to video gaming. Sure, there's satisfaction when you've completed the game, when you've beat it, when you get to the end of it. World of Warcraft is a, a prime example of what I said earlier at the beginning of the show, is that now that I've reached level 60, the journey is at an end. Well, no, it's not. It's just beginning. And again, there is no real ending to that particular game. There are obviously endings to a lot of others, to most games. But you have to enjoy your your uh, path, your journey to get there. Your reward is winning. That's all. Even when the heads of display isn't as stripped back as it could be, a number of games are now letting us experience them as if they were the case. Photo modes, ostensibly there to let us snap the coolest moments in our games, often allow for a more natural window into the game's worlds that they were designed to capture. Final Fantasy XV takes on, uh, has a take on it that's pretty unique. Letting players and an NPC character take pictures of some of the most exciting moments of the game. When you look back at those moments through these images, they come free of UI elements like you know hit points and damage numbers. Uncharted 4's A Thief's End does much the same. Giving players a choice. See, lots of games, including Uncharted 4 and Final Fantasy 15, let you experiment with, rema- uh, with removing parts of the heads-up display for a more UI-free experience. Okay, well, this has been uh, that's been the case for shit. Most uh, uh, free prefer- no, first-person shooters for years. You can always do that. You can always, you know, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, so that you no longer see, you know, your status, your health packs, your ammo, your weapons, you can just see just your heads-up display. Driving games have the same thing, where you can zoom in so you have, uh, you know, a first-person point of view from the hood of your car, or from the bumper of your car, where you don't see anything else but the road in front of you. Some games have used the feature to introduce practical gameplay elements. Square Enix's Nier Automata, Automata, whatever, allows players to remove many of its individual hide uh, or heads of display elements in exchange for skill points. The game uses a system for choosing skills and passive bonuses called system chips. Now, on the flip side of this, and what they don't mention is games like, say, World of Warcraft, which I've never been much of an add-on guy. There are some decent ones. I mean, some some essential ones that I use and have, but 
there are some that I that I don't that I, like uh, CT rate. I've only just started using now that I'm at sixty. But you know, there are some I've seen a lot of these guys, and a case in point is that uh, uh, video of the Azergos, um, as Azergos, whatever, however you pronounce it, the PvP battle that takes place. Uh, the guy who's shooting the video has got to be running every single add-on in the known world, and my my understanding is that's more normal than not. That they're just packing in as much as they can when it comes to as much information on screen. I find that strange. To me, I only need to know certain things, basically how am I doing, and you know, uh, people in my in my group. I'm not worried about it. I'm, the, I'm not the raid leader, and I understand if you're the raid leader, then you probably need some of that information. All right, okay, that's one guy. Unless you're consistently a raid leader, but this is everybody that using all this. I don't know about that. So I understand the point of what it's getting across, and I, I get it that they're trying a minimalist point of view gives you more uh, to work with, believe it or not, that you get to enjoy more of the game around you rather than cluttering you with information, and I'm all for that. As long as you're able to enjoy the game to that direction, it's better if it's an option to go ahead and take that off. And in this case, the games they mentioned, that is true, that it is optional that you can you know turn some of that stuff off or that you don't necessarily need to know every single uh, a bit of information. And that works, and that's and that's fine. Because there are some people that require it, or some people that prefer it. And the gaming generations today, my son included, although I'm starting him off on, quote-unquote, the old-school games and working him forward, it's important. But the generations that, that play games today, they they ingest the games much differently than, than you know, I did when I first started playing. All right? We were used to a minimalist uh, uh, point of view because that's all we had. That's all that was available. You know, the nuance and what have you hadn't come around yet for, you know, packing in more into a game, giving you more options, you know, telling you, using, you know, information or has a display to expand uh, your game, to expand what you're looking at and how you play it, giving you context for what it is. You're killing sharks? Oh, he's playing Sonic the Hedgehog, and he's in an underwater level. He loves Sonic the Hedgehog. Hey, Prince, what do you like better, Mario or Sonic? You like Mario better? Okay. Well, that's good, because I think Mario won that battle. I know you love Sonic, but you like Mario better, huh? Okay. <laughs> You're playing a zombie headshot level? Well, I'm not sure there's any kind of game like that on the second Genesis. Oh, I see. All right. All right, with that, folks, those are uh, two articles that I really want to get through out of the way today. Again, it's a much shorter show than normal. Uh, for obvious reasons, I have many things I have to do, many miles to travel before I rest. And I won't be resting. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um... And again, my apologies uh, going forward. This may be more of a podcast show than a live one uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, especially with Indian season starting. I know we have a bunch of tickets for a little bunch of games. The Prince really likes ball games after taking his first last year. So that being the case, we're going to be going to a bunch of those, especially on the weekends, which I will not always be available to you. Uh, my thanks to you, listeners, for tuning in, folks. If it was not for you, we would not be doing this. Uh, my thanks to uh, No Wise Radio for hosting us. 
My thanks to our patrons. Uh, if you want to be our patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, join us. Give us your hard-earned money that continues to allow the show to uh, exist in the form that it does, actually in any form, which we appreciate. Um, uh, I want to thank uh, Octail, who does the You've Been Told's. I do have one, but I'm not going to waste it on a quick 50-minute uh, uh, show that I'm doing. We're going to do that when we have our next get-together here, hopefully next weekend. I'm sorry, that's right. Next weekend will be a podcast-only show because it is Easter Sunday, and we will not be here. So April 15th and April 16th, uh, we will not be available because we will be celebrating Easter again with the family. So look for it there as a downloadable show. I also want to thank uh, Scrub Puppy, who... Keeps our Facebook running, keeps you entertained when I'm not around, which is most of the time. I am not a social networking kind of guy. I probably should be, help the show grow, I'm just not that kind of guy. Uh, anyways, for our patrons, real quick, uh, I, I said about giving us your money. It's not just a freebie thing, you just don't give us some money and you're like, hey, I don't get anything for it. If you are a patron, in fact, our upcoming patrons look for it this week, probably about Wednesday, I have a new show to go up. You are uh, uh, given access to a whole slew of extra content, shows and stuff that aren't available here. Why are we crying? You can't do it. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. What do you mean you can't go up? You turn stuff into a ball and hit the little spring. Suck it up. I expect better from you. You come from gaming royalty, for the love of God. See, you did it. Stop wanting and do it. Okay, you can't push it. You gotta turn yourself into a ball and, and break it. Jump on it. See? Jump on it. Anyways, uh, if you are a patron, you get uh, uh, access to a whole slew of extra content, material, shows, what have you. Um, I, the last one I posted was a couple weeks ago. It was about an hour long. I was just an hour, hour, hour and a half? Hour and 40? Something like that. All about sports. I've got more coming up. I have one coming up on politics. I have another one on sports in the way. Uh, I, anyways, I try to cover stuff that I don't necessarily get to cover on the show anymore for uh, because of the lack of political diversity and lack of sports knowledge, aside from myself, of the current panel. So things we used to discuss, I now do for the patron show for those who might actually be missing. It. All right, folks, I got to get out of here. Bad manners are better than no manners at all. So long, everybody. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good.